morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, October 12th, 2020, and we inch closer to the Big Ten season, which gets started a week from Friday. How about that? And I'll tell you what, uh, once again, this weekend has been very, very quiet. And that's, uh, to be honest with you, I would say that's a good thing. And the good thing is, is because we're not hearing about any more injury news. Uh, as last week, the biggest news was that Wisconsin starting quarterback Jack Cohen has undergone foot surgery. Uh, he is out for an indefinite period of time. And young quarterback Graham Mertz uh, will be the new starter. Uh, Mertz is obviously very talented, very well thought of. I actually got a chance to uh, speak with uh, Clint Cosgrove yesterday. He's a recruiting coordinator in the area, uh, covers some of the Midwest. And I asked him, you know, I was like, what, what is your, you know, thoughts on Mertz? And he says, you know, Mertz has all of the skills that you're looking for. Now, he hasn't seen him actually in game competition. Uh, he, Clint, actually only saw him during seven-on-sevens, which is what we were at yesterday, a little seven-on-seven tournament. And uh, it's, it's different. Football, it's not football. It's not quite football. It is, however, a good indicator of taking a look at quarterbacks, taking a look at wide receivers, taking a look at defensive backs. So uh, you do have to be able to read very fast. Uh, there's a four-second time clock between when the play starts and when the quarterback has to get the ball out of their hands. So you have to make quick decisions. You have to make smart decisions. So although it is somewhat similar to football, it's not exactly football. But what I will say is, is that when you get a guy like Cosgrove, who is a former Wisconsin player, on top of the fact that he's a former coach, and he says good things about Graham Mertz, I think that Wisconsin's in a good position. Now, it's not obviously great that Cohen got injured, but when you have a backup, the caliber of Mertz, you're in a little bit better position than if you had, uh, say, you know, a walk-on or uh, a guy that's just unproven that we've seen. And we've seen this happen all over the place. You know, it happens every year. Quarterbacks get hurt. They're, they're not immune to injuries. And it's going to happen. Quarterbacks happen. Quarterback injuries happen. I mean, you know, let's go back and look at Ohio State's title run uh, back in 2014. You know, JT Barrett was, you know, the guy gets injured in Michigan. Cardale Jones comes in, and all Cardale Jones does was uh, continue to uh, beat Michigan, then roll Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, beat Alabama, and look like the better quarterback on that field against Nick Saban's Crimson Tide, and then go and beat Marcus Mariota uh, in, or- in Oregon in the championship game. It's not always bad, but it's good to have depth. And the point is, is that Wisconsin has the depth. They've created it. Paul Chris went out and recruited a guy that is next in line. And if you go back to last year, 
I thought that Graham Mertz was going to win the job out of camp. I just thought talent was going to trump experience. I did. Well, I was wrong on that one. And I admit that. But I'm very interested to see what Mertz can do as a full-time starter. The offense is his now. And I think that, in all honesty, when you're looking at it, it's not the worst time to give them the offense because of everything that they need to replace. Jonathan Taylor, Quintez Cephas, Tyler Biotish. There's a lot of moving pieces on the Wisconsin offense that Jack Cohen had last year that he's not going to, he would not have had this year. But now Mertz doesn't have to worry about that. Mertz doesn't have to think, oh man, I had this guy last year. Now it's just clean slate. So again, good news coming out of the Big Ten though. There are, there's virtually no news at all because what we don't want to see is more injuries coming into the season. That's the last thing we want to see. Uh, we did have some coronavirus testing numbers come out and uh, Michigan and Michigan state came out and uh, Michigan. I am not concerned one bit, not at all. They've really handled the, the virus very well. Uh, Jim Harbaugh needs to be applauded for this. Uh, everybody needs to be uh, applauded for this. Ward Emanuel, their athletic director, needs to be applauded for this. Listen to these numbers. 14 positive tests. Now, hold on. Out of 1,535. Yeah, that's some good numbers. I mean, that is 0.009% positivity rate. That's damn good. But then we go over to Michigan State. Michigan State, uh, they did uh, PPEs, the rapid testing, and they reported six positives out of 54. That's not good. That's not good. That's over, over the Big Ten allotted limit. That's 11%. The Big Ten allotted limit is a 5%, and then 7.5% community rate. The community rate, because when you add in the 15 staffers that they tested also, so you've got 69 total. So if you do the community rate, it's still too high. It's still too high. We're going to 8.6%. That's still too high. So if this was in season, Michigan State would be shut down for a week. The reason why I'm talking about this, once again, is because we have to prepare ourselves for Big Ten football to not be played entirely. This eight-game season plus the absolutely awesome championship week, which I love. I think going forward, I would love to see something like this. Absolutely love it. Although, I'm not sure... Actually, you know what? I think you could probably do it. I was thinking, you know, the majority of these, the other games would be played early on in the day. And then the Big Ten Championship game, it's traditionally at night. It's usually that final conference championship game. No, yeah, you'd have to, you know, battle up against the, the Pac-12, the SEC, you know, their championship games, the Big 12s. But, you know, I think that there's 
plenty of interest in uh, you know seeing that anyway. So uh, I think that that's something that's very interesting. Uh, but anyways, uh, back to the the COVID numbers. Yeah, uh, be aware. Be aware that this is going to happen. And you know, as we uh, look around college football, uh, you know, Florida has actually uh, going to allow fans, and they're going to allow full stadiums. They're going to allow ninety thousand into the swamp. I think that's ridiculous. Because here's what the Big Ten's doing: no fans, no fans. Multiple schools are going to have the cardboard cutouts. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. So far, those are the only schools that have come out and said they're going to do this. I'm going to say I'm going to expect more schools to do that, 100%. I think that this is something that you saw Major League Baseball do early on in the season. Now they're allowing a minimal amount of fans inside the stadium here in the playoffs, in the playoff bubble that they've created. But I think that, in all honesty, this is something that it's it's going to be normal. This is now the new norm. I really think that that's the case. So, uh, kind of what you're looking at is is the uh, the fact that it, it's going to be different. So, we just we just have to accept that. All right, let's update the AP and the coaches poll again. The Big Ten hasn't done anything, and I know that. You know, ESPN, CBS Sports, 247, Rivals, everyone's projecting where these teams are going to end up. I'm not really going to get into that. And, and I'm not. And the reason why I'm not going to get into it is because we don't really know what any of these Big Ten schools are. These are just projections. They haven't played a game. And I'm going to go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. If I'm with the Big Ten, I wouldn't be angry if you know, some of these teams aren't ranked where they are. They're going to have to earn their ranking. I, I just think it's unfair to the teams that are playing that look good that they're getting overlooked because of a Big Ten team that's going to play. You know, enjoy the rankings now. When the Big Ten starts up, then you could start thinking about you know, where they slot in. But who knows? Who knows? But anyways, so the AP, uh, they've got the Buckeyes as the highest-ranked team at six overall in the country. Penn State is a couple slots below them at nine, so that's two Big Ten schools inside the top ten. We're going to have to go a little bit lower to find Wisconsin. They are 16th overall. Michigan's a couple slots behind them as well. They are 19th. And then Minnesota sneaks in again. They moved up just a little bit. They are 24th overall, and that's the AP poll over in the college. And the coaches poll, Ohio State is fifth, and they're getting two votes for the number one spot. Again, I'm, I would love to hear what the rationale that those writers, those coaches, I'm sorry, not the APs, the writers, the coaches, have for putting the Buckeyes, giving them two number one votes. I'd be interested to hear the rationale about that. Penn State's a little bit higher in this one as well. They are eighth overall in the country. You've got Wisconsin at 15. Michigan still at 19 in this one. Uh, Minnesota sneaks in again, but this one, um, coaches got them 25th. 
So it's uh, it's a little interesting when you look at things, but uh, again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be you know if I'm a Big Ten team, I wouldn't be like slighted by the fact that there's a potential that these polls would have them not ranked. Right? Really, I, I just I feel as if they're just isn't uh you know you can't get mad at that it, it's just it doesn't make sense they haven't played a game there's no data points you know why, why would you be mad about that why would you be mad all right let's update the 2021 football team rankings uh we'll start off with again ohio state they're just trailing behind alabama they did add a commitment this past week, but uh, not not quite enough to get them past Alabama in the overall 247 sports composite ratings. Uh, they are currently the only Big Ten team inside the top 10. Michigan is right outside at 11. Uh, they've got 20 commits. The Badgers at 15th overall. They have 19 commits. Maryland, Iowa, and Nebraska all bunched up together at the end of the top 25. You've got Maryland at 22 with 20 commits. Iowa 23 with 17 commits. Nebraska is 24th with 18 commits. And just outside the top 25 is Minnesota at 27th overall. They've got 16 commits. And then you're going to find Penn State and James Franklin. Uh, Obviously, he uh, has mentioned that the recruiting has not been up to par. They are 35th overall in the country. Only 13 commits. And I keep saying this. I'm going to continue to say this. I feel as if Michigan... Not Michigan State. Uh, Penn State's going to go up in the recruiting rankings once things start going their way. They haven't. But I think that it will change. I think James Franklin is too good of a recruiter. Uh, they've got a lot to sell at Penn State. And I just feel like they're just, they, they've are just they gone through a little slump. And, and Alabama went through it earlier in the recruiting cycle. And all of a sudden, they have the number one overall class. I don't think that Penn State's going to do that kind of Alabama jump, but I do think that they will make a jump and ultimately end up somewhere in the 10 to 15 range. I think they're going to jump about 20 spots. I do. Uh, Rutgers is 39th overall in the country with 22 commits. Greg Shannell has done a fantastic job in his return to Piscataway. I think that you know that is something that they they missed out with Chris Ash. I don't think Chris Ash recruited at a high enough level uh, to bring Rutgers to where they needed to be. He continually recruited on the lower level, especially being a disciple of Urban Meyer. You kind of thought that he learned enough on the recruiting side of things to to really kind of take some of that knowledge and bring it to Rutgers. Well, it didn't really work out that way, obviously, as he was canned and. Uh, Greg Schiano was hired this past offseason. The Wildcats of Northwestern, 51st overall, 14 commits. Michigan State, just a few spots behind Northwestern at 53rd. They've got 15 commits. You've got the Hoosiers of Indiana, 13 commits, 59th overall. The Illini are a couple spots down. They are 16 commits at 62nd overall. And then it's Purdue. And uh, Purdue, you guys, Jeff Brom, you got to turn it up, man. You gotta turn it up. Uh, again, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna keep harping on this. They've only got ten commits right now. Sam Jackson is uh, the best commit that they have. Uh, he's a quarterback here from Illinois, and what I'm concerned about with Purdue is that they're falling behind 
They've got schools like North Texas, Troy, Miami of Ohio, UCF, Temple, Buffalo. Those are schools that are ranked ahead of Purdue on the 247 Sports Composite Recruit Rankings. They have to do better. They have to do better. They, they really don't have a choice. And if they're going to, if Jeff Brom's going to continue recruiting at this level, uh, as soon as David Bell and Rondell Moore are gone, uh, George Karloftis, uh, it's not going to look very pretty in Purdue. The Boilermaker Nation is going to be pissed because the talent level is going to drop off extremely. And you continue to have to wonder is Sam Jackson going to? Keep that commitment. He's already flipped once. He was previously a commit to Minnesota. But he wanted to play quarterback. And P.J. Fleck, you know, wasn't giving him the green light to play quarterback. Although I think that he would have given him a shot. I think that he wanted to have him try out at a different position first, potentially wide receiver. And that's why Jackson decided to decommit and flip over to Purdue. Because Brom said he can be the quarterback. But, you know, if I'm Jackson and I'm looking at reading the room, I'm a little bit concerned with my recruiting class. I would be. All right, one quick note on the basketball side of things. Uh, University of Wisconsin freshman Lauren Bowman has left the team for personal reasons. He will return to Michigan. Uh, he is still on the team uh, from what we, the information that was released, uh, that he's still on the team. Uh, this is just a personal matter that uh, he wanted to you know, take care of. And so he went home to Michigan and, uh, you know, hopefully he will be back. But, you know, we've seen these things happen before where, you know, a, a player says that they'll be back. Um, let's, I mean, let's just take a look at the situation with uh, DJ Carton in Ohio State. You know, he, he left for personal reasons in season and decided to, you know, say, I'm going to stay on the team, I'm going to stay on the team, and, and then ultimately ended up transferring. So uh, these things happen. So uh, it's obviously something that needs to be warranted and watched because, you know, Bowman hasn't had an opportunity to play yet. He's a, a true freshman, just been on, I mean, on campus for a couple months. And, you know, he's going to continue e-learning at home, which is a, a good thing, a positive. Uh, you know, that's, that's one of the good things that has come out of this uh, whole coronavirus situation is that e-learning has taken a little bit step forward and it enables situations like Bowman's to happen. He's able to leave and continue to still be part of the university and continue his eligibility. So it's definitely something to monitor for the Badgers, who are a top 10 team heading into the season. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great week and a great Monday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.